0: Hey folks, Arm and Hammer here. And today we're going to be talking about three things. First off, what does it mean that Dave Castro is CEO of CrossFit? Two, what does it mean that Greg Glassman is still the 100% owner of CrossFit? And three, how do we sort of approach the question of affiliating or deaffiliating at a time like this? Now, if you're looking for like super outrageous and really emotional. You know, messaging or whatever, you're not going to get that here. What I'm interested in is looking at the facts, looking at the context, trying to figure out what this means for us right now. What are the implications going forward? And how do we even start approaching the decision making that is going to be, you know, part of our journey from this point forward, basically? To put it simply, if you're not interested in watching the rest of this video, Dave Castro as CEO resolves nothing and changes nothing because Greg Glassman is still the 100% owner of CrossFit. We've kind of sort of seen the situation in the past. Talk about that in a second. But at the same time, it is a start. What would be a good move going forward? I mean, establishing a board so that whoever is CEO is accountable to someone other than Greg, Greg giving up some portion of ownership or at least divesting, you know, something so that he's not the end all be all decision maker at the, at the company. I mean, that would probably move things in the right direction. And as far as the affiliating and de thing goes, that is a field of landmines. There is no one correct answer for everybody. There's A lot of balancing and decision making that has to go into whether or not you're going to de affiliate, or if you've already announced whether you're going to go through with it or come back. Those are going to be really personal questions. So, buckle up, strap in. Let's get to it. So, first off, we're going to talk about Dave Castro as CEO of CrossFit Inc. Yesterday, we heard some rumors about it. I was able to post about it and then confirm it later on before it was announced. And we're basically you know, I think generally speaking, nonplussed is a good way of describing it. If you look at it from a strategic standpoint of why Dave Castro is being put in place as CEO, um, for a lot of reasons, he's the only internal option that makes any sense. One, he was co-director of training. He was director of the CrossFit Games. Those two things were massive parts of, the CrossFit business model: the training was the vast majority of where the model thrived and makes money. The affiliation is, you know, sort of funneled out of the training and certifications, and then the games are the most forward-facing marketing that CrossFit has. And the sport itself was, you know, super super popular. Still is pretty popular, um, but with Dave's experience in those two endeavors, it makes sense that he's put into the CEO role. The second thing that makes sense about Dave being put into CEO role is that it kind of appeases the bare minimum bar of what many of the biggest brands and movers and shakers in the space were asking for. If you look at Rogue's post as a perfect example where If you read between the lines, essentially what they're saying is, we're not interested in working with Greg anymore. We're interested in a change of leadership at CrossFit. And that language has been mimicked and used and shared, um, you know, either purposefully or not amongst a lot of people who have been making a point about this. So if you're looking for a change in leadership, Well, if the public face of CrossFit is no longer Greg Glassman, and now it's Dave Castro, someone who's already well-known, if not necessarily well-liked, but at least well-known, then suddenly you kind of have met that bar. So that kind of fits into the, the strategy behind having Dave Castro as CEO. So another way to look at this is that it's kind of happened in the past. If you look at Sort of the history of CrossFit and its leadership, in a way, there was a really a really big period of time where Greg Glassman was not in the public eye at all, and this was probably, I mean, I would say maybe like 2012 through 2016, 2017 ish. And in that situation, Greg was still the 100% owner of CrossFit. He was still sort of the end all be all decision maker of what was going on in the company, but the most public employee of CrossFit was Dave Castro. And if you look at that period of time for the business, it was a time where the games exploded in popularity, where it became sort of the modern version of the CrossFit games that we all really love to watch and are excited about. But at the same time, CrossFit's training business went from explosive growth, like true, like rocket ship style growth to slow, if not completely stagnant growth since early in that time, probably around 2013 is when the growth of training and the growth of affiliates peaked, right? So since then it hasn't necessarily been going up on that really crazy, ridiculous hockey stick style, you know, rocket ship that it was on before. So we've seen generally speaking, what happens when Greg steps back and Dave becomes the most public-facing employee of CrossFit. And I said at the beginning of this thing that, you know, Greg Glassman is still 100% owner of CrossFit. And so when you look at the decision to install Dave Castro as the CEO, it's pretty clear that that decision is being made by Greg, and Greg is Greg is making that call. It's up to him to to make that call because it's his company. Through and through it's his company. And if you look at the history of what it was like when, you know, Dave it, he wasn't CEO, but he was definitely like the most famous staffer at CrossFit Inc and Greg was in the background, the affiliate growth, the training growth, all that kind of like dipped down a little bit. The games blew up in popularity. And right now, more than anything, I would say the affiliates need sort of stability and support in order to have more value in their affiliation with CrossFit. So, that to me is a big hole in the game in terms of like having Dave as CEO. So, is going back to like, you know, 2014 really what people are asking for here? Is this a type of change that is going to you know, get people over the hump in terms of whether they still want to associate with CrossFit. I don't know. To me, I'm not sure it really resolves anything. I'm actually not sure it's the right move at all. Uh, It really doesn't address the core issues with the business of CrossFit. It addresses this like surface level issue that Greg Glassman is anathema He's no longer an asset. His volatility is now a liability to CrossFit as opposed to an asset to CrossFit. So it addresses that on the surface level by putting him into the background and putting Dave out front, but it doesn't necessarily address the sort of real core problems with CrossFit's organization as well as its model. The thing is, CrossFit got super popular and grew as both a methodology and a community and a company almost by accident, almost in spite of the things that they were doing as an organization as opposed to because of the things they were doing as an organization. And that's not to say that they didn't make a lot of mistakes and learn from those mistakes, but that is to say that the massive amount of growth that they saw came at the expense of not really learning how or why that growth occurred. So not having that perspective, not having that understanding, just sort of knowing that, hey, if we can get this sparked, it's going to blow, that's that's a talent in and of itself, but it doesn't tell you how to sustain that. It doesn't tell you how to organize yourself. It doesn't tell you how to treat your staff or your affiliates. It doesn't tell you how to sort of navigate the waters of, all right, we've had explosive growth. Where do we go from here? Because you can't just keep doing the same thing you were doing, especially if the same thing you were doing was kind of, you know, leading to accidental success. And now we have sort of this like division of stakeholders in the space. If you if you look at CrossFit HQ's relationships with different members of its community, right? You have like the big brands and the big sponsors that, are trying to build within this ecosystem. Whether they have a relationship with the games or not, there's hundreds of them, if not more, that are, you know, coming up. It's like grip companies and callus repair companies and denim companies and training and this and that. And these are brands that are generally tangentially associated with CrossFit because they were created within the space, they grew up within the space. Some of them are able to expand outside of the space and really do well in other fields, but you have that group, right? So you have the brands, those are stakeholders. You also have sort of the the CrossFit Games version of this, right? The athletes and the events that are stakeholders in, you know, the competitive side of things we've we've got like you know the Matt Fraser's and tia Claire Toomey's of the world we've got the No Olson's and the Chandler Smiths of the world you know the Christy Ramos of the world and also the Loud and Lives right we've got the Filthy 150s and you know the Strength and Depths all these different events and all these different athletes that are also deeply connected to what CrossFit does and they're big stakeholders you have the affiliates which are you know sort of the beating heart of what makes CrossFit run because it's, that's the, those are the tendrils, the fingers through which the methodology is sort of, you know, touched into the community, right? So that's one stakeholder. And then you have actual participants, like people who do CrossFit. Of all of these groups, of those four groups, to me, you can, you can sort of classify them, not necessarily in tiers of importance, but in tiers of value to CrossFit Inc. And if you're going to try and do that, to me, the first thing that you do is you put the affiliates near the top. I mean, you might have a hard time saying, all right, maybe are the affiliates as a whole more valuable than CrossFit's relationship with Rogue? Are the relationships that CrossFit has with the athletes that compete in the CrossFit games more important than the relationship they have with the affiliates? Like, those are really difficult questions to parse out. But to me, if you look at the affiliates, it is the affiliates which one carry the name of the brand, two, they are the vast touching point for the most amount of people in the space, right? CrossFit Games athletes touch a lot of people, they have huge social media presences. But generally speaking, it's the affiliates which are the daily touch point for members of the community. And it's through that relationship that, you know, more people in, you know, are interested in CrossFit and learning how to do it. And then they go get their level one. So it's almost like the affiliates and the training are a cycle, right? The affiliate side of things and the training side of things are a cycle. And the huge part of CrossFit's business that it has tried to rely on and create and build has been built around the training. And the affiliates. So this leaves a really important question for the affiliates, which is, do you continue your affiliation with CrossFit Inc.? I don't have an answer to that. That has to be something that you answer on your own because at the end of the day, it's your business, right? It's your skin in the game if I'm trying to tell you what to do and I don't have skin in the game for your business try, trying to feed your family and put a roof over your head, then you know that's that's not my place. That's not what I'm interested in doing. I don't feel comfortable doing that. That's not philosophically within sort of my circle of competence. I don't think I could speak to that with any real integrity. I can only tell you sort of generally how I see the situation and you know, maybe sort of where I think things should lie. The short answer is I think the affiliates are stuck between a rock and a hard place. I don't know if there's a good answer that will apply to every affiliate. I think every affiliate individually needs to figure this out on their own. Because what you're really looking at is if you're going to rebrand, the questions you need to answer are pretty challenging, right? What do you do with your insurance? If you're insured by the risk retention group that is owned by CrossFit, That's really, really good, handy insurance, right? So suddenly you have to change your insurer. And while CrossFit has absolutely been an outlier in the fitness space, it's getting really popular. You'll see versions of what happens in a CrossFit gym happening in big box gyms all over the world. So perhaps it's going to be easier for you to find a new insurer than you you might think, But that's definitely a question that needs to be answered. Another side of it is, how do you train your coaches? If you're removing yourself from CrossFit and you're saying, hey guys, we're not doing CrossFit anymore. We don't do that. But let's say you want to hire new coaches. Do you get someone who has an L1? I mean, they supported CrossFit by getting an L1. Do you send your interns or your assistant coaches to go get their L1s, what what organizing body do you send them to? If you don't send them to get an L1, then the assumption is like down the line sometime a new organization is going to come up that's going to teach the same stuff that CrossFit is teaching or something very, very similar, so similar that it's almost indistinguishable. And you send your your coaches there to get their their licenses or to get their certificates or whatever, or do you send them to like the NSCA and the ACSM? You know how do you how do you parse that out? I think that's a really important question to ask down the line, right? Because you don't want to just worry about you know how do I change my graphics? How do I change my Instagram handle? You want to really look at you know what's going to help the longevity of my business down the line. And this is where things get kind of hazy because even among that group, even if we just look at the affiliates, the incentive structure, the planning, the goals of various affiliates change dramatically if you look at how big their organizations are, right? If you look at an organization like NC Fit, Kalipa is a brand. I mean, he's basically there. He's got the relationships with various organizations. He's got the uh, the, the uh, sort of structure of his corporation in place. He has his coaches. He has his members. He has the sort of fingers out into the world in order for him to market what NC Fit does and be able to continue his business successfully. There's a huge gap, though, between what Kalipa is able to do with NC Fit and, you know, mom and pop's CrossFit shop down the street. So when those two corporations, those two businesses with completely different goals and incentive structures, take the same action, I think there needs to be a question as to how do each of them succeed because the answer is going to be different for Kalipa and his organization and Mom and Pop's CrossFit shop down the street. At the same time, uh, Greg Glassman is super volatile. He's unpredictable he's really stubborn. These are the same characteristics that led him to create CrossFit. His contrarianism is like is hard coded into the DNA of what CrossFit is and it's built into the organization, it's built into the methodology, it's there, right? That that stubbornness, that that looking for a fight is inside of the thing itself that we're all participating in. And you cannot rule out that in the future, this happens either again or worse. You can't rule that out. So the affiliates are kind of stuck. If you continue your affiliation, you're getting probably, I mean, maybe up until this weekend, it's really hard to say what the future is going to look like. But up until this weekend, you're getting probably the best marketing you possibly could get for your $3,000 a year you're associated with a global brand. That brand is actively trying to protect you by going after people against the IP. And also like kind of everyone generally understands and knows what CrossFit is. So you're getting a lot of marketing for the name, right? But you're really just getting the name. And we saw what the pitfalls of that was, right? Because you're getting the name, but you don't have any control. You don't have any control over what happens with the name. The affiliates have the risk in that relationship. They have they have the risk because they're attaching themselves, affiliating themselves with CrossFit. And CrossFit is able to sort of make the moves that they want to make. And it's up to the affiliates to sort of deal with the repercussions. And as long as those moves are like, hey, we're going to help uh, very underserved populations, like the incredibly fat, the incredibly sick, the incredibly old, and we're going to make them fitter and healthier. And we're going to help tackle declining rates, uh, uh, you know, age, average age of death. Like, you know, that's great. That's a really cool thing to be associated with. It's not as cool to be associated with Greg Glassman flying off the handle on Twitter. The other question, by the way, that I am like seriously trying to figure out is what happens. Let's say Castro comes in as CEO. Everything is like hunky-dory. The brands come back and they're like, you know what? This is exactly what we were asking for. We love doing this. This is great. And things kind of start trending back onto the right track. What happens to the gyms that already said that they're going to Do they Do they come back? If they want to come back, are they welcomed with open arms does does greg glassman sort of say hey you know what water under the bridge don't worry about all that stuff that you said about me that i you know i as greg glassman do not agree with don't worry about it come on back do do they say that or or does this company with a huge and storied history of litigation turn that into a way of saying remember when you said all that stuff about us on Instagram well now you have the word CrossFit that shows up on your website on one page that you haven't updated in six years and that since you are not an affiliate is breaking trademark laws so here's a cease and desist and uh, we will follow this up with legal action. That's a that that to me is a very scary and very real possibility of what happens down the line when if things even out, right? Dave is a team guy. He's loyal to the team. He knows how and where and why he's playing his role in this situation. He knows how he's gonna do his job. He's gonna do his job to the best of his abilities. And if his job includes using that handy-dandy list that Morning Chalkup has put together of all the affiliates that say that they want to de-affiliate and just immediately emailing all of them and saying, you know what, don't worry about it, you're gone. You're officially de-affiliated as of this moment. What do you do in that situation? On the other hand, this community has done so much good in its existence. It has affected so many lives in such vastly... Positive ways that it's it's really really hard to sort of weigh the disgust and mistrust in and around what has happened over the past few days, and the you know the the uh, really unclear and uncertain future of where this thing is going to go, with the understanding and gratitude of what it has been, and what it potentially could be again. That said, I still very strongly believe the only leverage point that we as CrossFitters have in a situation like this, which is very unique, it's not very often that you see like single player owned businesses that are this large and affect this many people. The only real point of leverage we have is financial. So in a way, you kind of make your vote either direction, right? You make your vote if you participate in the open. You make your vote if you continue being affiliated. You make your vote if you re-up your level one certificate. Now, your vote can change based off of the circumstances. If you're happy with Dave Castro coming in, okay, you can support If you're unhappy with it, if you don't think it's enough, don't support. So it really does come down to this this very basic idea of where is our power? Where's our role in this situation? And how can we try and put a little bit of pressure there? Thank you so much, everybody, for watching, listening, hanging out. Uh, I appreciate your patience and your support here. There's a lot of moving parts. And, you know, like I said in the little podcast that Chase and I did on Monday uh, that we posted on Monday, like there's there were at least a couple different videos that I'd made over the weekend that were immediately old by the time that I just finished making them because so many things are happening at once. This is going to be an ongoing thing over the next few days. I'm going to have some content with various people in the community, conversations that I'm interested in having, you know, sort of podcast-ish, interview-ish things that I think are going to help sort of shed some light into how difficult of a position we're all in in trying to navigate the real world implications of all of these decisions. And I hope that that gives you some perspective. And I think if I was in that position, That I would want that perspective. I don't want someone to try and make the decision for me. I don't want someone to, you know, uh, kind of put me in a position to rush to one conclusion or another. What I want is breaking down the different sides of the spectrum of our decision making process. I want someone to look at and talk to people who might not necessarily have the same decision making process as I do so that I can see and hear. Different perspectives and think it through on my end before making a call. That's what I would like, and hopefully you guys feel the same way because that's what we're going to be doing over the next uh, week, probably. So sprinkled in with you know various content. That's what we're going to be. That's what we're going to be doing. However, that said, I still have a very funny episode of Scale is Needed in the Can that is going to be coming out this week. Um, and, uh, Katie and I are going to be, uh, trying out some new stuff over the weekend. Uh, you know, in terms of content, the sneaky fit training, live training, uh, and hanging out time, that's also going to be happening. There's just a lot happening right now and I'm one guy. So it's really difficult to like really jam all that stuff in at the same time. So, you know, bear with me as I try and sort of prioritize and execute uh, a lot of different types of content at once. Thank you so much, everybody, for all of your support, and I will talk to you very soon. Take care.